The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas desert and energy industry who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. Most people refer to this as retirement today. Co-host, pastor and evangelist Aaron David Thomas is a bivocational pastor and a marketing manager hewn from the tough streets of Philadelphia. We hope you're ready to rumble because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Today marks the one-year anniversary of my first book publication and launch, The Savage Past. The Savage Past. Subtitle, A Memoir of Modern Masculinity. You like that alliteration? Yeah, I like that. That's really good. (laughs) So, So January 31st is my father's birthday, and I wanted to launch it on or very near that date to dedicate it to him. So tomorrow, if he were still with us... He would have been his 90th birthday. Wow. So, unfortunately, we lost him in 2006, 16 years ago. But, you know, he's still a major influence in my life. So, Aaron, can you believe it's been a year and that this show was born out of that book because I was trying to get the book promoted on radio and podcast shows? <laughs> wow. Just think about it. In the midst of a pandemic, social, political chaos, the savage path was born and put out to the world. That's pretty awesome, man. Hey, I just, too, want to say good evening, good evening to our uh, w, uh, WWM <laughs> listener. Yeah, you can see. Uh, I'm, I'm dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> Maybe I'm speaking about myself right now. Man, I'm sure when you get to heaven, you'll be able to sit down and talk with your dad about uh, all the things, your book and all the things that uh, you wanted to share with him. You know, but the beauty of today, Dave, I really think about, you know, uh, you get to share the savage path with all of us and with all of our WWM listeners. What is wrong with me this evening? And and because of that, some other men have come to know the Lord and will get to heaven as well. Man, I'm proud of you for uh, taking your promotion. You know, as they say, some call it retirement, but you took it to serve God and run with it. And I'm so thankful uh, that you're obedient. That's hard for people to do, man. And that's another thing I'm sure your father is going to be proud of. I mean, think about it. We met and formed a bond in discipling men, uh, salt and pepper conversations, which is now the WWM, uh, was birthed out of your path. The word of God has gone forth in a whole new level as far as, you know, we are concerned. And God is connecting you to all sorts uh, of people in all sorts of ways to share the gospel through your book, man. That is a savage path, right? I'm just uh, proud to be here and to help uh, promote that and promote what it's done uh, for the kingdom of God. You know, I always think about what people do in their life, you know, to gain, to uh, uh, to write books and everything and, and what they promote and what they advance in someone's life and your memoirs and sharing your life and uh, being transparent uh, with the world has given people an opportunity to draw closer to God. Man, what a way to connect your life to God, to help connect other people's life to God. And that's the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Man, just uh, thumbs up. And in that, you know, I, I want to think. I want to think about one more thing too, Dave. Is um, ERS, a company that not only cares about the restoration of your electronics, uh, 
but a proud sponsor of the WWM and the restoration of man's relationships to God. ERS, Electronic Restoration Service Man, amazing company. And that's another partnership that the Savage Path birthed for the kingdom of God. I, I, I know, I don't know if you've thought about it like that, but I've been thinking about it like that all week since I knew that we were going to uh, talk about this anniversary date. And that is an amazing thing for me because, you know, when we talked and when we came together about growing men, the fact that th- that book has connected all these things for the kingdom of God is is amazing, right? Because that's God's purpose for us is to bring glory to him in everything that we do. He wants you to be successful in that book. He wants he wants people uh, to listen to the WWM and go through these topics that we wrestle with all the time. However, what he wants most is that people turn to him. And that's what your life has been doing over the last year through the savage path. Man, just kudos and thumbs up, brother. Well, man, thank you. I'm, I'm humbled. Uh, I hadn't really reflected on it. On such a scale, but uh, but anyway, I, it it was my intent and purpose, and I'm just trying to get out of the way and let God do what He can do uh, through me. And you through still us. need to lo- move a little more, but hey, you're doing. <laughs> hey, right. I, I, I'm working on it. <laughs> He's working on me. So a memoir, what I chose, the, like the type or the format, the genre of the book, it's a historical account or a biography written from personal knowledge. It's a book about your life, the lessons learned, and key moments that shaped who you are. It's like a highlight reel from your diary, you know, like your, your tape, you know, of all right. the, and you're all only going to tell the good the stuff. Bad, you know, the that's exactly right. <laughs> so you bring memories to life in order to touch an overarching message that others can learn and grow from. And in my memoir, I'm trying to answer a very big question for boys and young men today. And that question is, what is the path to authentic, positive manhood? Now, I believe that all men have a common purpose to do three things. Find a will to obey, God's will, a work to do, your career, and find a woman to love, a wife. So I use my own personal journey through life's wilderness as a backpacking metaphor to tell my own story on how I answered the question. It's a story about wrestling matches. And like you and every listener out there, Aaron, it's primarily about the single struggle each day between my will our fallen sinful nature, and God's will, our spiritual nature. Now, don't you think we have this same struggle in common with, with everyone? Man, every – well, Dave, let me say this. Absolutely, I believe that all men struggle, but that struggle is greater if you're in Christ because if you're not, you you only possess your old nature, right? So you're you're battling yourself to be better or good, but you're still selfish. But if you're in Christ, you 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 get a new nature, right? You mm-hmm. get a nature that tells you that it ain't all about you. Right. It, it, it's all about God. It's about surrendering and dying, right? And then the battle truly begins. In the book of Galatians, um <clears throat> I believe it's 5:17 it says the sinful nature wants to do evil which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants, the old nature, our fleshly nature that we battle. It wants to do evil. The Bible says that our hearts are wicked and desperately deceitful, right? We lie into us and we wrestle with that because there's something in us that tells us that it's not right. And the spirit of God gives us desire uh, uh, that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions, you know. 
You know, before I um, lean more into that question, I want to address what you said about memoirs and the savage path. Being uh, the story about uh, about life, the struggle, and Christ, our listeners really need to know that they can go and check out The Savage Path at www.thesavagepath.com and learn more or even order the book. They can Yes, learn. please order the book. <laughs> right? <laughs> Once again, that's thesavagepath.com. Uh, just to be up on today's show, just to be able to know where it was birthed from, right? But back to the question, you know, in our everyday life, there's a battle going on for what is right in the eyes of God versus uh, what is right in the eyes of man. And like I said, no Jesus, no battle, right? And what I mean, no Jesus, no battle. If you don't know Jesus, you truly aren't battling for what is right in the eyes of God, right? The Apostle Paul, he talked about having this struggle, right? Right. Thousands of years ago, he said, and if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So this is the principle I've discovered. When I want to do want to do good, evil is right there with me. Two natures, the old man, the new man, the sinful nature, uh, the new nature in Christ. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in my body. Warring against the law of my mind and holding me captive uh, to the law of sin that dwells within me. Man, he was wrestling. He was wrestling, right? And there's scripture after scripture that talks about the wrestling, the battle, the uh, the flesh versus the spirit, right? And and, and I could quote all kinds of scriptures. I even put a whole bunch down for notes. But the thing I think about is that to win the battle, you have to put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, right? Remember, we were created in the beginning in his image and likeness, and we need to get back to that, that holiness, that truth, separated. We've been polluted and diluted because of sin, because of the world, man, and that path that you get on, and yours was savage. <laughs> I love that. I mean, when, that's how we met. I was like, dude, the name uh, of the book, just an awesome, that savage path, but we're all, all on a, a savage path, a battle. It is. Every day to uh, for right and wrong. And, and I'm not talking about what's right according to my neighbor or my wife. I'm talking about what's right according to God, and that truly is a struggle. It is. It takes a lot of courage to get in the ring and wrestle with Satan because Ooh. it's spiritual warfare, and we are weak in our flesh. Yes, we are. Certain to lose on our own. We're just certain to lose on our own because, you know, it's a whole level of warfare that we're not even in that realm. Our only hope is to tag team it with our spiritual champion, Jesus Christ, as you've said. So just to highlight a few chapters for our listeners out there, let's begin with, uh, with, with chapter one. So cur- courage and catastrophe. Break it down. I'm going to break it down. So look, I'm a little kid. I'm living in Germany, in Darmstadt. My dad, he's actually a, a spy. He, he works for NSA. He's in, he's in the Air Force. But he's this is like 1963, peak of the Cold War, you know, right around the Cuban Missile Crisis. And he's... Spying on Russian troop movements. <laughs> Secret agent, man. <laughs> and so, you know, but we're a, a, a young family. My dad's 32. My mom's 30. They have four kids. You know, I'm the youngest. And we go through two tremendous catastrophes while we're living in Germany there, away from all family. There's no one there really to support us. Air Force families do support one another. But there's no family. You're in a foreign country. And my brother gets hit by a car. Uh, on on the Audubon, you know, basically it nearly kills him, rips his back open with the fender, 
compound fracture of his leg. He's just 10 years old. And, uh, you know, my parents, you know, just the way they cope with that. And, and I, you know, you, you pick up from your parents, you know, when things are really bad or you're worried, but they kept, they kept their cool. They did not let us kids know how fearful that must have certainly been, you know, right. and then I've heard about, it. but they, they were just like, Hey, you know, we're going to get through this. And, you know, he was, he was taken to the hospital, patched up and everything. We weren't, you know, a year later, Christmas day, you know, it was three days after Christmas, we have this massive fire. I'm like a little tyke, you know, and I'm playing with my truck, you know, on the floor. And then I look down the hall and there's this giant rolling black cloud of smoke coming. I'm going, Mom. <laughs> and, <laughs> house you know, burning. she's like, yeah, there's this fire. And my sister says, all right, everybody, out of the house. But I had to run and get my my toys. I had I got a, a toy rifle, a blanket, because <laughs> I was a, a thumb did. sucker. And I, and I got my little panda bear stuffed in the hole. And then we ran out into the snow and watched as our house. You know, it was an apartment on the third floor, just burned. And they... You know, they come in there, they gut it, they pitch all of your belongings out the window onto a pile of, you know, just debris that people were going through, by the way, picking through our family belongings. Of course. And we had, we had nothing. And, you know, here, four kids, you know, my dad's secretly spying, my mom's trying to manage all this. And I'm just amazed now, really, as an adult, to think about how courageous my parents were. How they, they just said, hey, we're, we lived with another Air Force family for a couple of days, or I mean, a couple of weeks. And uh, just found another place, yeah. borrowed and, and got clothes. You know, that was like being, you know, homeless. Literally, we were homeless. And uh, so that was tremendous to get that lesson on, you know, how their their metal was tested, you know, because we're all we're all forged in different furnaces. And sometimes your parents can respond real well like that. And sometimes they don't respond so well. And then that can have a pretty lasting or scarring mark on you as well. So their metal was tested, and then we came out like stronger steel, you know, in our family because of it. So what what biblical advice can you offer our listeners when facing such difficult circumstances so far from family? You know, how can we have courage and not succumb to fear? Wow. First of all, that story is pretty uh, intense. I remember when I was reading it in the Bible, I mean, in the book, The Savage Path. And um, it's so funny, things that you and I have in common that I've caught in a book and I, did, I didn't catch. I came out of an apartment fire, and let's just say it wasn't handled as courageously. So I get it. But, you know, the Bible says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You know, it doesn't matter if you're uh, far off, if you're home, close to home. We, we battle, and, and God commands us to be courageous and the best way for us to have that courage is is the other part of that scripture which is in Joshua where he's commanding him he said the book of the law the bible shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success god tells you i'm with right your courage it's truly that thing where you have and, and i know your parents i know in reading the book the savage path you know like them plugs i'm, I'm putting yeah, yeah yeah <laughs> i love it yeah. right uh uh your parents knew the law and you know and it's funny at the times when we go to the to the god that we know in our heart or in our actions like you saw courageous parents you saw them like handle the battle and go look i gotta keep my kids lifted up i have to live for someone other than myself right now because i realize if my kids see fear 
they will become fearful. Right. Right. That's and, exactly and, and, right. And so uh, they trusted in what was in them, the God that was in them. And then, you know, I'm sure your dad being Mr. Secret Agent, man, he had a level of courage and um, strength about him that comes to do what he had to do. So and he got to uh, show that, uh, exemplify that in front of his children at a, at a, a dire time. And I, and I just think about that. And so. We can do that, especially if you know God. If you don't know God, you get to come to know God, and you get to read story after story, battle after battle, trial after trial. Like you said um, when you first started uh, on this part of the segment is you said it's spiritual warfare. Right. Right? And, and in spiritual warfare, when you come to know God, he says, put on my armor. Right. Put on my armor so that you can stand. Right. right? You can be you, you can have courage because you have on the armor of God, but you don't even have to do the fighting, knowing God that fights for you. So, you know, we always want you to lean towards that in, in your hardship and your heartache is that you can you can lean towards God and muster up the courage that you need to get through life's challenges. Well, I'll tell you something else that was a big wrestling match for me. And in fact, it still is <laughs> <Uh-oh>. <laughs> submitting to authority. Does anybody else have any trouble with that? I have, I don't have no idea what you're talking about, Dave. Well, I submit and surrender all the time. You know, I just didn't like submitting to authority. And, I repent, um, I repent, I, I repent. You know, I don't know if I was – I wasn't like an outright <laughs> rebel, but I just – so let's move to Do you to like the way four. he's playing that down, folks? Right. So <laughs> chapter four, another little, another little glimpse into the savage path. Break it down. And it's and the title, Submitting to Authority. So – Again, I think a universal struggle. That's why I chose this chapter. But I was 11 years old, and I went off to Boy Scout camp, summer camp, for the very first time. And, man, I was super excited. And, of course, our uh, our troop was uh, sponsored by the base that my dad worked at, you know, in San Angelo, Texas. Now we're back in San Angelo, Goodfellow Air Force Base. And the scoutmaster was Chief Master Sergeant Jim Heath. This guy had a crew cut, was super fit. <laughs> And smoked filterless camel cigarettes, man. Ooh. He just was like the epitome of like the tough guy. <laughs> and he was like, you're going you're gonna to be courteous. This is what the fifth point of the scout law is. Number five, courteous. And you're going to say yes, sir, and no, sir. You know, every time I ask you a question or any other adult here at camp. And I wasn't really used to that too much. You know, I, my dad was like that, but not such an enforcer. So they had this big one-pound coffee can painted yellow, and it had a number five on it for that fifth point of the scout law. And it had a bailing wire handle. And he would come up and ask me, David, uh, did you get your tent stakes, you know, put in all right? I go, yeah. Oh, you're going to have to carry this can around. <laughs> I'm like, Why? Because you didn't say yes, sir. Fine, I'll carry the can, you know. But he goes, no, you're, you're carrying it to the dining hall, to the latrine, you know, at your swimming merit badge, you know, <laughs> everywhere. And uh, I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, uh, yeah? Okay, well, now we're going to put a rock in it. <laughs> And he gave me multiple opportunities, and then I would try to be clever and think, well, maybe I can, like, the workaround. We're all looking for workarounds, <laughs> work right? Workaround. So he comes and he asks me another question, you know, um, how about something at the dining hall? And I said, okay, <laughs> instead of yes, sir, <laughs> put another rock in it. So, man, I'm carrying this can full of rocks around camp. And finally, he, he broke me, man. And I was like, okay, this is heavy. I'm humiliated. Everybody's like, why are you carrying the can full of rocks? And then he came back. And one by one, you know, he'd give me a chance. Yes, sir. 
no, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, I, and I got rid of the rocks. You learned. <laughs> and, yeah. And I finally, you know, got rid of the can too. But it was, uh, I became courteous. And that's really what the point was. I was a yes, sir, no, sir, young man after that. And it was good for me. I didn't like the discipline at the time. But it was good for me, and it was good for how other people even thought of me. And uh, I really have a, a great debt to Jim Heath, you know, my scoutmaster. Then. Right. So, so Aaron, uh, you know, the Jews in the Old Testament were a stubborn and stiff-necked people as well. You know, how did they learn to accept God's discipline for their own good? Well, you know, Dave, they were a lot like you. <laughs> they they didn't. They <laughs> they were a stiff-necked people, and they never truly figured it out. I mean, they nailed Jesus to the cross. That's how stubborn and resistant uh, they were. And But it wasn't until his resurrection when they realized, we can't kill this guy. <laughs> and, and the preaching of the gospel that many Jews came to know and accept Jesus, right? Their stubbornness continued to follow them around and follows them even up until this day. Well, today they're blinded from the truth until God pulls a veil off of them because of that stubbornness. But fortunately for me and you, and when we when we uh, when we submit to God and accept the discipline, the correction, and the direction of God, we get where He wants us to be, and and our stubbornness, like yours, uh, declines and goes down. However, the way uh, all of us get to see and receive the discipline of God for good is first by experiencing it and seeing that God is right and loving, and without that discipline, um, nothing matters, right? God's 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 discipline will teach us how to live a better life. We we never like discipline and, and never can see the benefit in it until it's over and we pat and get past our stubbornness. Man. Well, I'm going to close with another little humor story so you get another little vignette of how the book works. Chapter six. Vignette, loyal- folks. I just wanted you to hear one. <laughs> Loyalty versus ladies. This is actually one of my favorite stories. I was uh, actually a pretty good diver. You know, I, I you know I was the best in my town of 90,000. And I was uh, a lifeguard at the Air Force Base, same Air Force Base, at Humble two much. pools, officers, officers club. And so there were all these young recruits that were just within a year of my age. And there was this beautiful girl named Joanne. And she looked like Cheryl Teagues from uh, that CoverGirl makeup box because she wore this green polka dot bathing suit. And those guys were trying to uh, ask her out all the time. No, no, just complete snuff queen. And then, you know, one day... <laughs> I was diving. And, That's you know, a Texas my break. term. I was, yeah, it is. So I was diving, and I was really showing off. I mean, I'm commanding the full attention of the pool, and I'm just ripping these entries and everything, splashless, you know, and then I just stride up my cut physical Let him condition. tell it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I get in my lifeguard stand, you know, the duty. And so Joanne comes up finally to, and approaches me, and she says, David, you know, how, how did you learn to dive like that? And I was thinking about all those times that she had snuffed all my buddies, and I looked through my mirrored sunglasses, and then I just pointed at the sign on the on the stand that says, "Please do not talk to lifeguard while on duty." Snuff king. <laughs> <laughs> now, at that, I chose loyalty to my friends over the lady. Now, I don't know if that could have really gone anywhere or not. I often wonder about that. <laughs> but when you make the right decision, our wrestling matches, you know, we we have to bring him in. And he will seal the victory. So, Aaron, why don't you just close us out with a quick prayer? 
Amen. Father, thank you for allowing us to uh, walk back down the savage path to see how you have uh, uh, blessed us with the opportunity to glorify your name and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray for our listeners. We pray that they continue to get something from you, that they continue to be inspired by your word, by uh, this show, Wrestling with the Inner Man, that they understand that we, like them, continue to seek you for guidance, for direction, and even correction, Lord. We love you and we appreciate all that you do for us. So bless our listeners, uh, bless uh, their families, their friends, bless us, Lord, to continue to be obedient and bless David to continue to uh, surrender and submit to your uh, word. Uh, Lord, we love you. We praise you. And it's in the mighty and precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage and Pastor Aaron Thomas. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, betters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David and Pastor Aaron at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.